Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living Letters of the Word. Amen. If you've been paying attention, you might have noticed a theme in today's liturgy thus far. Anyone? Anyone? In our opening sentences, Jesus said, The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. In the Old Testament reading, superbly read by Abigail Bro, thank you, Abigail, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And the gospel, also deftly read by Laura Lee Boyles, thank you, Laura Lee, I pray all is well and starkful. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard it a million times. Some call it the golden rule. A fun bit of trivia, the phrase golden rule was coined by two of us, two Anglican theologians in England, Charles Gibbon and Thomas Jackson, in 1604. But if we are honest, I mean really honest, and I am preaching as much to myself as I am to any of you, loving our neighbor as yourself is hard, very hard, especially in 2020 with a contentious election concluding in a few days, thanks be to God, the social reckoning that began over the summer, the pandemic threatening and certainly altering the way we live, and just the everyday busyness of life. Loving our neighbor in the midst of all of that is hard. And on top of all of that, we have our own burdens, our own anxieties, our own crosses to bear. God bless, and yet we are still called, still expected, still commanded to love our neighbor. So how do we wrap our mind around this simple, profound, and arduous expectation? Are we able to love our neighbor? To answer that question, I believe we can look again at our reading from Leviticus. The first two verses of chapter 19, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You shall be holy. 
you shall be holy. That sounds even harder. We are supposed to be holy and love our neighbor? Well, for our purposes this morning, holiness enables us, inspires us, and is the engine for our love of neighbor. Love of neighbor is a product of holiness. So when we achieve holiness, we will naturally love our neighbor. And being holy isn't as hard as you think. Remember your Genesis, chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. God made us in God's image. God saw what God made and said, it was very good. You are good, and you are made in God's image. The Reverend Robin Jennings, the rector I grew up with at my home church in Harrods Creek, Kentucky, wrote about being made in God's image. He said, Being created in God's image does not mean we look like God outwardly, but to be created in God's image means that we have attributes and characteristics that are like God. One attribute or characteristic is that of being good. Good is like God, and we can be good because we have been created in God's image. So the first step to being holy is to remember that we are made in God's image. We have God's imprint upon our minds and hearts and souls. The psalmist sings, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and at the risk of the most pompous preacher move ever, quoting oneself, we are the dwelling place of the Most High. So on our journey toward holiness, we have a very good place to start. Second, remember that being holy is not what we might assume, primarily following a set of rules. Instead, holiness is rooted in how we feel and how we treat others. If you read the entire book of Leviticus, and good on you if you do, because it can get a little tedious, you will notice a lot of rules and regulations concerning everything from seeds to sacrifice to skin disease. But at its heart, where today's reading comes from, Leviticus is about how we interact with God and with others. The Reverend Catherine Schifferdecker, a professor of Old Testament, wrote of Leviticus, this book is more than a list of sometimes arcane rules and customs. It is a profound theological statement about life with God. The laws and rituals are grounded in the reality of who God is and who God has called us to be. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So know that holiness is intrinsically intertwined with love of neighbor. And when we love our neighbor... We are being holy. And finally, being holy is a process. God said you shall be holy. Not you are holy. Not you must be holy. Not be holy or else. But you shall be holy. The Hebrew word translated as shall, hayah, also means becoming. Thus, as we live this life, as we walk this journey, we are moving towards holiness. Some days are better than others. The other day I was in line at the UPS store and another customer tried to cut in front of me and I said, hey, there's a line. Not my best moment, not very holy. 
Another time I was looking for a parking spot outside a grocery store, and while I thought I had seen one first and turned my turn signal on first, a sister in Christ took my space. So I laid on the horn, full of righteous indignation. A few moments later, inside the store, much to my embarrassment, I ran into the other driver, and she recognized me. She walked up to me and said, since it was December, Next time, honk once. It's more Christmassy. Again, not my most, most holy. But God forgives me, and God forgives you, and God will continue to forgive for God loves you, knows that you aren't perfect, doesn't expect you to be perfect, but God does expect us to try, try to be holy, try to live into these expectations of love and justice and righteousness. We will never be fully holy, only God can be that, but we can try to be more holy every day, and God will bless and smile on our efforts. So in conclusion, and returning to our theme of loving our neighbor, love of neighbor is a product of our holiness. And our holiness is baked in, part of our DNA, because God put it there. Holiness is not about conforming to rules, but how we interact with the world, especially the people in it. And holiness is a process and a journey. We are holier today than we were yesterday, and we will be holier tomorrow than we were today. And we are not on this journey alone. We have each other. We have our parish family here at the Chapel of the Cross. And we have Jesus, the ultimate Holy One, walking alongside us. So love your neighbor, for you shall be holy. Amen.